Hello, hello. I am back for week two, episode two of The Heart of Healing. I am your host, Amy Johnson, and I hope you're having a fantastic and hopefully somewhat stress-free holiday season. If you haven't tuned in to the previous episode, which is also episode numero uno, I would love for you to give it a listen so you can have a little background and know what to expect going forward. My podcast is really based around the path that I'm on and healing from trauma, working through post-traumatic behaviors, and just genuinely trying to become the best possible manifestation of myself. Last week, I talked a little bit about some of the experiences I had that kind of catapulted me into the realm of dealing with and trying to work through and heal and ultimately release some of my trauma. One of the experiences was having a conversation with a therapist who validated my trauma. Validation is so huge for those of us seeking to heal from our trauma. Another experience was listening to one of my close friends speak at an event in Scottsdale and she talked about the way the effects of trauma can be mistaken for other diagnosis and I did talk a bit about how I feel that my diagnosis of bipolar disorder when I was 16 was in fact a misdiagnosis of the effects of trauma. The one thing both of these experiences had in common was that I think I was finally at a place of being receptive to even hear them in the first place. I'm sure going back over the years, I had many other instances, encounters, met other inspiring people, TED Talks, you name it, that could have really triggered change, but I was living in that fog of chaos and trauma, and I fully believe that living so completely saturated in that world prevents us from even hearing the most basic of things sometimes, even if the universe is trying desperately to reach us. I finally began to recognize that something had to change. I hit rock bottom, my marriage ended, and then I hit rock bottom like 10 more times. I was cycling through dates and men like it was my J-O-B. I was drinking way too much. I was allowing myself to fall into horribly emotionally abusive relationships. And I was a mom at this point. I had kids to raise and a life to start over. And I realized, hey, I'm not the example that I want to set for them. This is not the life I want to model for my kids. In the end, I think it was that you know, kind of aha moment that something had to change that kind of started clearing that fog and allowed me to absorb some messages and start listening to the universe and the people around me who could help and honestly to just even actively seek help in the first place. One of the first things that I realized and, you know, I'm very much in the midst of this, you guys, let me take a minute to just say, I know a lot of podcasts we hear are people telling us, you know, hey, I made it, I'm here, I did the work and I'm better, or I pursued the career and now I'm successful and here's how you can too. And that is fantastic and motivating and I love hearing things like that, but it's not me right now. That would not be you know, me being honest with you guys to let you think that I'm there, quote unquote. And honestly, where is there anyway? <laughs> but I just want you guys to know I have experienced huge change in my life over the course of the past year or two, but I also don't want to give off the pretense that I am, you know, better. That's definitely why I'm calling this a journey. And I have called my podcast, The Heart of Healing. 
and not the heart of having already been healed because it's still an ongoing process. But anyway, back to my original point, one of the first things I realized, and like I said, I am still very much in the middle of it, is that regardless of how cliche it sounds, we have to forgive ourselves before we can even begin the healing process. I truthfully believe that with all my heart and it's something that becomes more and more apparent to me every day with every book I read, every podcast I listen to, and every therapy or coaching session. If I can't forgive myself for choices that I made in the midst of trying to survive, if I don't deem myself worthy of good things, they will never come to me because I won't allow it to happen and I won't be open to it. This was a huge light bulb moment for me this month, like really this month, you guys. And something I recently talked about to my good friend, Savannah. She is a speaker and author and coach on the subject of trauma healing, amazing, spectacular person. I asked her, how do you reconcile bad things you did as a person when you were drowning in PTSD, addiction, and any other kind of negative coping? If I see myself as no better than my abuser because I stole when I was a teenager and I did drugs and I tried to commit suicide and I acted out in so many ways to the people around me, how am I worthy of good things? And then as I got older, I slept around like crazy. I used to thoroughly enjoy emotionally devastating and dismantling men it was a very unhealthy coping and kind of collateral damage effect of my trauma. How do I reconcile that with my present? And how do I tell myself that I know I deserve this amazing guy that I've had in my life for two years and this fantastic relationship and happiness is something I have really, really struggled with. And man, I can tell you, I am not 100% there yet all the time, every day, but I have definitely started the process of forgiving myself and it is one of the most emotionally freeing thing ever. And it's not just forgiving myself, it's forgiving other people. But the cool thing is that the more I forgive myself, the easier it is to forgive other people. But start with yourself first because I think more often than not, we put other people before ourselves. It's why, you know, if we're given a task to accomplish for a friend or another person, we make it a priority because we care about them and what they think of us. But if it's a task we need to accomplish for ourselves, we just like put it on the back burner because we're not as important as other people. For some reason, I feel like human nature, especially for people with a history of past trauma, is to put other people first. It could be that many of us are trying to please others around us. It could be that we fear rejection, so we become doers for others. But forgive yourself first. And I can tell you, I have had more than one friend and therapist tell me, not only do I forgive myself for choices that I made in the midst of trauma, but I also need to forgive myself and even thank myself for some of those unhealthy behaviors that are still in my life as a result of becoming ingrained habit. And this one seemed kind of weird and silly to me at first, but when you think about it, it really makes sense because while those behaviors might be incredibly counterproductive at this point in my life, at one point in my life, they kept me sane and alive and functioning and getting out of bed and eating and taking care of myself every day. Even, you know, if I made bad choices in the midst of that, 
and I should be thankful for them. I think another reason we struggle with forgiving ourselves is that oftentimes abuse, really any kind of abuse, emotional, physical, sexual, they all degrade us. They make us feel inhuman or expendable. So of course, self-efficacy and self-esteem are huge areas of struggle for people with past trauma and abuse. If you don't feel that you're worth anything, you're not worthy of forgiveness and you're certainly not worthy of good things coming. And this mindset can lead someone to put up some pretty serious walls. I think honestly, it's one of the most dangerous behaviors when it comes to unintentionally closing yourself off to healing. This is something that I spent years of my life doing. I didn't feel that I had any self-worth, so I didn't feel deserving of forgiveness and I certainly didn't feel deserving of healing or success or happiness or a fulfilling relationship. And I almost tended to punish myself. There was a lot of self-sabotage going on, which I used to think was unintentional, but the more I work on my trauma and healing, the more I realize I think it was very intentional and it was a direct result of not forgiving myself. So instead of just admitting, you know, and realizing my problem was with my view of myself, I instead found reasons to alienate myself from anyone who had the things I desired. Instead of surrounding myself with emotionally healthy people, successful people who are open to change and growth, I told myself those people were entitled and spoiled and clueless and shallow. You name it, I thought it. This enabled me to feel superior in my grief and trauma because, you know, I'm a survivor and I'm scrappy and I take pride in that. I fight it out and I get by. But the problem with that mindset is that no one really wants to spend their entire life just getting by. It's miserable. It's no way to live and it's no way to live up to our potential. Really, the only workaround for this mentality is forgiveness because you don't just wake up one day and suddenly feel full of confidence and fully capable of taking on the world. It's not just an overnight healing and it's carpe diem the next day. I mean, for some people, it may happen very quickly. They may have an epiphany or a moment of realization. But for most of us, it's a slow process of getting to that point of confidence. The first step is in forgiving ourselves because once you say you're worthy and deserving, you immediately have to recognize that you are just as deserving of good things as the people you put up walls to keep out. And with that forgiveness comes the realization that these people are no better than you. You know that meme exists on the internet for a reason, right? Comparison is the thief of joy. We see it all the time on Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest. It is so incredibly true. That's why it's plastered on a million different beautiful mountain landscapes and in inspirational font. And it's featured in almost every self-help book out there. No one has walked your shoes and you have walked no one else's. Therefore, there is no one worthy of comparing yourself to. Not only that, but even people who have been in seemingly similar situations are still wired differently. We still have a different genetic makeup and we're molded differently leading up to that situation. Hence, we all react to things in our own unique way. So first we compare 
and then we find fault. Comparison causes us to pile even more blame onto ourselves because we aren't where they are or we don't have our act together like he does or we don't make as much money as she does. And when we find you know, fault and blame, I'm gonna make a poem here, be ready, <laughs> then comes guilt and shame. When we feel all those things, we immediately cut ourselves off from anything positive the universe might want to bestow on us. Only with self-forgiveness can we open ourselves up to happiness and to healing. And the thing about forgiveness is it's not a once and done. If you struggle with it, that's okay. It doesn't mean you fail at it or you can't forgive. Forgive and forget, it's not really a thing. It's a phrase, but it's not a thing. For me personally, it's an ongoing process. I need to continuously remind myself that I'm understanding and forgiving of my past behaviors. Just because I do it one time or five times or 10 times doesn't mean that I don't falter and have days where I play the blame game and the comparison game. But the more you do it, the more mindful you are and the more self-aware you become when those crappy voices play in your mind and try to convince you you don't deserve good things. Something that really helps me in the realm of forgiveness is journaling. I used to journal privately with an online journal website, but I've since taken it to Instagram, which sounds a little bit funny, but it has been incredibly helpful for me just connecting with other women and hearing other people tell me, oh my God, I totally experienced that. It has helped me to feel much more normal and much more deserving of my own grace and compassion toward myself. Also something that kind of helps me stay accountable and it's a daily reminder to be careful with the words I tack onto the phrase I am because you, you know, the more you say I am this or I am that or I am not this or I am not that, the more you believe it and the more it plays into your habits and lifestyle. But when I write that out consciously, I think about it. You know, we tend to say like, oh, I'm this, I'm that when we do an Instagram post or we talk about our day. And when I see it there in front of me, I can really be mindful of the words that I'm going to type to describe myself. Aside from journaling, meditation is incredibly important for me. My coach has taught me about something called peace processing, which if you shoot me a message on Instagram, which my Instagram is at Amy in the desert and Amy is A-M-I-E, I can put you in contact with my coach and she can explain it a little bit better than I, but it's kind of meditating on certain things and feeling how it affects your body both emotionally and physically and really focusing on those sensations and slowly releasing both the feeling and the trauma along with it been incredibly helpful for me. The more I'm able to release things, the more I'm able to live in the present and forgive the past versions of myself. I think the last three things that can kind of be lumped into one category that I find really beneficial to me would be surrounding myself with positivity and emotionally healthy people seeking to better themselves. So huge. The energy that we put out there is the energy that we get back and vice versa. So that's usually in the form of podcasts and books, Instagram connections and mastermind groups, and then of course, in-person friends. There is seriously, you guys, so much to be said for picking up on the energy of people around us. And not just every now and again, but really maintaining that positivity and momentum on a regular basis. 
I think coaching groups and mastermind groups are probably some of the best resources out there if you can't afford one-on-one coaching or therapy, specifically groups like this that are based around trauma healing. Again, if that's something you have interest in, if you want to shoot me a message on Instagram or email me, amyinthedesert at gmail.com, I would be more than happy to share some of my personal favorite resources with you. Also, again, I would absolutely love to recommend the book, The Body Keeps the Score, which is a book I mentioned in my first podcast as well. Not any sort of paid promotion or anything like that, because you guys, my podcast is brand new and I am not nearly cool enough to have any sponsors. So I'm just telling you this because this book has been a game changer for me and absolutely opened my eyes to the lingering effects of trauma and how to heal from them. So thank you guys so much for listening. I am incredibly appreciative, even if there's only one person on the other side of this podcast. I hope you have a fantastic last few weeks of 2018. I can't believe 2019 is around the corner. It's seriously blowing my mind. Uh, But I have really high hopes for this coming year for my healing and my career and this podcast and my journaling and just connecting with you all. So on that note, have an amazing week and I will see you soon.